welcome to another episode of Marketing Against the Grain, the show for marketing-minded people everywhere. I'm your co-host, Kip Bodner. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Kieran Flanagan. We have a hell of a show for you all today. We are talking about something that nobody ever talks about, but it's really important. And it is how marketing gets us to lie to ourselves. Before we get to today's show, let me tell you about HubSpot. Finding a service solution that helps you keep your customers happy can feel impossible. Like try to remember the name of that guy you literally just met at the networking event. HubSpot's all new service hub can help. It brings together service and success together on one platform with AI powered help desk and chat bots to handle your frontline support tickets. So you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. Think about that. Let me repeat that back. Marketing makes us lie to ourselves. And that is sometimes a good thing, sometimes a bad thing. We're going to debate it and talk all about it on today's show. It's going to be awesome. And I know you've got some examples that you want to use to like frame this. So maybe we'll start with one of those and then kind of go into the topic from that. Okay, give us an example. Three examples. I want you to know if you worked at this company or you ran this company, we love you, but we have to use your company as an example. All right. We think your marketing is so good, it's bad because you got people to lie to themselves. Oh, we think your marketing is so good that you managed to market something that did not exist. So, you know, <laughs> awesome. All right. We have to use fast one-click checkout, right? Yep. Who are this brand? Their promise was to have a one-click checkout e-com experience across all stores. Over their short lifespan, they raised about 120 million, valued at 580 million, went to about 400 employees. I'm not gonna go through like the backstory of Fast. I'm gonna get into a couple of things that I wanna put on your radar of why this company flamed out and burned out in year three. And basically it came out that they generated $600,000 in revenue and we're burning 10 million a month. (laughs) That's brutal. Okay, it's not going that great. It's not going great. And so, okay, why do I think actually people wanted to believe in this? Okay, so that's the first point is that marketing can get you to lie to yourself because you want to believe the thing they're telling you. You want to believe it. And so what are some of the things that I think are really important to kind of talk about here? This is not like the VC part of this, which is like, hey, we want to believe in this because this can make a lot of money. This is just like why everyone kind of rallied around this brand. Well, the first thing, the pitch is really good, right? Why do we all love Amazon? The thing that I think is just phenomenal about Amazon is the one-click prime. Heck, yes, it's one amazing. One-click prime, everything. Prime, prime, yeah, like, poo, poo, poo. I, don't, I don't even need any of this shit, but it's like one <laughs> click. <laughs> it's like don't one click. click. Why wouldn't I just buy it? And so they were going to give every store owner one click, Amazon style. And so that meant customers, I'm on your store, Kip. I fill out mm. my details once. You're using that checkout button. I go to my store and I only have to click the button, never have to fill out my details because it's, it captured all of that information. So super good pitch. Sick pitch. It solves a real problem. The average cart abandonment is 69%, actually nearly 70%. Oh, that's brutal. And that's what it was aiming to close. So now I've got a great pitch. I've got a killer problem to solve. And then lots of money spent getting celebrities to say we're cool. (laughs) That's where all the 10 million of dollars were going. So they actually had a really good pitch. They had a great problem that they were solving, a great story. They had actually a really charismatic founder go back and listen to Kip and I talking about how you build cult brands. Yes, that's a great episode. And every cult brand has a charismatic leader. The founder of Fast Checkout, very charismatic, very outgoing. And then they paired that with all of these kind of celebrity endorsements that got people super rallied up about the brand. 
So let me pause because I have some additional things. But what do you think about that in terms of like why we want to believe in some of the things? And I can talk about why we easy to see that this would not be a successful outcome. Like why did we lie to ourselves? But what do you think about that in terms of like the reasons we want to believe? Yeah, we thought the problem was really valuable to solve. The pitch was super clear. The articulation, the number one reason we wanted to believe is because... It's something that was a big pain point, which is a huge part of any great brand or company is solving a big pain point. In this example with Fast, they just didn't have a product that was able to deliver right. on that value prop. And the thing is, is that the clearer the pitch and the more painful the problem, the bigger leap of faith you're willing to take in belief that like, oh, they're going to get there. I'm going to believe. I'm going to support this company. Maybe I'm going to try this product. Oh, it doesn't work, but like, it's okay because they're going to get there because you want it, Yeah. right? The best marketing takes what you want inside of you and like puts it back as a mirror right in front of you. Yeah. All of these failures did one thing really well, which is they actually did have a story around solving a very obvious problem. Yes. Like you didn't look at the thing and go, why is that a problem? You're like, yes, that is like, exactly, it resonates with people immediately. And actually most brands who get themselves in trouble is they're trying to solve a problem that is so obvious, people know about it and everyone has it, but it's somewhat unsolvable. And they actually pitch the fact that they've solved it, but they're nowhere near solving it because it's so complicated. Oh, and by the way, there are a lot of companies out there with the exact opposite, where they have a really good product that's in search of a problem. Well... Web3, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Web3, shots fired. Oh, I love Web3. I'm saying like there's a lot of great companies in Web3, but there's a lot of companies who have good technology and they're looking for a problem to solve. Problem to solve with that good technology. I right. agree with that. And so if you look at Fast, you know, why was it somewhat obvious that this was a problem that was not being solved? Like even though we wanted to believe in it. If you look at how they made money, they made transaction on each mm -hmm. and every sale. And so they made about five to six dollars on each order. Yes. Five to six dollars. So they needed billions. They did massive, massive scale. Massive of sales. And so it turned out that they were doing about 90,000 to 110,000 orders all of 2021. And they would actually need even to just cover their costs, 1.8 million. So, so far away in terms of what they would have needed. Kieran, let me close out on the fast example by telling you how much marketing actually matters. Because there are a lot of people who watch this show and they're like, yeah, marketing kind of matters. But I'm a product person. I build a great product. And if I build a great product, people are going to come in. You know who actually solved the fast problem? Shopify. Shopify has a product called Shopify Pay mm -hmm. that when any Shopify merchant gives you a, a one-click checkout adjacent, like maybe not completely one-click, but pretty close experience on any of those Shopify merchants, right? Nobody talks about Shopify pay. Mm. Like, I think it's an important part of their business, but it's yeah. not like this flagship thing. What Fast did was take this use case that's important and elevated it to this like mythical thing where like, it's actually just a feature of e-commerce, right? right? It's like, a feature, not a platform. And it's an important feature of e-commerce. It's an important part of Shopify's business, but the product didn't do that. Marketing did that. Marketing right. made this thing that was important seem 10 times important. And that is another way you lie to yourself. You lie to yourself by thinking this thing is more important than it actually is in the world because you fall in love with a story. You say, hey, this story is super interesting. I totally buy it, it's super clear, I can hold it in my head. So I think this thing's really important. When oftentimes it's just a story and the problem and the, the product aren't actually as important as you think. Right. And that's why we call the show Marketing-Minded People because marketing is much more than what you think. It is really like how they pitched, like the pitch was incredibly good. Yes. How they actually 
brought attention to the problem, how they evangelized the problem, how they made it seem like the greatest problem to solve in the entire world, right? All of that part is, that's all marketing and storytelling. And so the other thing is, I do think it's like one of those problems when you actually, if someone does solve it, you'll look at it and it will be like, wow, this is just a transformational experience because I actually saw a company who've implemented something like this for Web3. Uh -huh. And so when you're on like a different chain and you want to like transact, it can do it all in one. You don't have to like swap between wallets. Yeah. You don't have to do all of that stuff. It does it all within a checkout experience. And it is like pretty much a transformational experience. So, but let's get into the second one because the second one is one of my favorites. Ooh, go, go for the second one. The Liver King. The Liver King. You know the Liver King? YouTube sensation, the Liver King. For the people who don't know, who are watching this on YouTube, but never stumbled across the Liver King, give us the background. Do you want to know how much the Liver King makes allegedly a year? A hundred million bucks. A hundred million A hundred freaking million dollars. Are you serious? What a legend. And you're not doing a YouTube show? Come on. Come on. <laughs> right. The leverage in YouTube is just huge, people. Now, if you want to talk about why great marketing causes us to lie to ourselves, <laughs> like... Go look at a picture of the Liberty King who's in his He's 40s. He's this huge, muscular, dude, jack dude, right? The dude has muscles growing out of his muscles. On his muscles, yeah. on his muscles. Like, so his whole thing is he's discovered this ancestral lifestyle, right? Which involves eating animal lungs and, first of all, an incredible pitch. Totally. Right? So he has carved down a niche, ancestral lifestyle. Hey, what? I can get this jack by just eating this kind of food and living this kind of lifestyle? Not well... Not even that, it gets better because you don't need to eat that stuff because he's condensed it all into these kind of protein shakes. Supplements, so yeah. you can have the same stuff without having to eat the raw meat. But his raw meat is actually, whatever you want to think about him, he's figured out content, how to create content in a very differentiated way. He has his own niche. It's surprising. It's like shocking. It's like, holy hell, what is he actually doing? And the pitch is really good. Like same as Fast Checkout. I can really get jacked by like, following this dude and having his as protein shakes. And there's a lot of guys out there who want to get jacked so they can show off to other jack guys and show each other how jacked <laughs> they are. Women don't care about guys being jacked literally at all. Couldn't care less. <laughs> and so what happened, right? Shock, horror. Like, because if you look at a photo of him, it's not shock, horror. Apparently he's taking steroids, right? Of course he's taking steroids. Did you see a picture of this dude? There's, I mean, there's, I've never seen anybody ever look like that. Who didn't take steroids? Literally He's ever. got like steroids coming out of his eyeballs. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> They're trying to like escape. These steroids are just trying to escape from his eyeballs. But again, pitch, incredible pitch, right? I can look like this with following this guy and taking his protein segments. Well, so I think it's even more than just a pitch, Kieran. He's an amazing storyteller. Yeah. And he's got this shocking kind of highly differentiated story. So it's not just a good story. Mm, it's very it's different, very novel. Yeah. And so kind of a little bit different than the fast example. He's a storyteller who was in search of a way to monetize. Right. Right. Like he was in search of a way to make money. And he stumbled on this supplement thing and the supplement thing just wasn't true. Right. Like it's just fundamentally, he was using steroids, not this thing. Do the supplement things maybe have some benefits? Maybe. I don't know. I have don't a full deep dive research there, but it's not going to make you look like him. He was a great storyteller in search of a way to make money from his stories. And that is one of the things where marketing makes us lie to ourselves is we fall in love with great stories and we fall in love with people who can tell us we can be a better version of ourselves and it won't be that hard. I will let you in mm. on a secret out there. If you want to be a better version of yourself, it's going to be hard. Anybody promising you otherwise is full of shit.
And it takes a long time. It takes, takes a, a long, long time. time. It's going to be really hard. And if you ever look for a shortcut, it is going to be terrible for you or it's not going to work at all. That is really the only thing you need to know about life. I have consumed more content on this on the internet than most humans. And anything that's a shortcut in helping you feel happy, accomplishing anything, do anything is bad for you. <laughs> Just <laughs> full stop. Whether it be yeah, alcohol, whether it be true, supplements, whatever, yeah. it is bad for you. You Get better by putting good stress on your body, working and grinding out over a period of time. That is how you get to be better. And we lie to ourselves sometimes in thinking that we don't have to do all that work. Yeah, it's like one of the places this is so true where I like the grind where I always give this advice as people ask me because everyone when they're becoming marketers or just a lot of people in general want to become conference speakers. Totally. And that was one of the things I was always like, which is also a terrible thing to want to become. You and I both did it. It's such a grind. I was like, oh, this is like, I'll be the happiest when I'm like asked to go speak at conferences. <laughs> and I was like, and then I was doing it a lot. And I was like, oh, this is just like horrible, right? You want a hot take here? My hot, my, my just totally unrelated to the show hot take is you should put all the time and effort you would spend in trying to be a conference speaker to be a YouTube creator. The leverage on YouTube versus speaking at conference is like 100x. Way you more. are freaking stupid if you just try to go out on the conference circuit. So like my point on the conference speaking is so I do think conference speaking actually helps you to be a better speaker, more confident. But the people would come to me and they would say, okay, how do I be a better speaker? Like looking for hacks. And I was like, grind. <laughs> grind, totally. Grind it out and you're going to be on stage and you're going to be horrible and people are going to think you suck. And then you go to the point where people think you're fine, don't really remember you. And then you get to the point where people think you're good you know, they really enjoyed your presentation. And then there's like this, do you want to be a professional or not, right? You yes. have to really put in the the work to get to great. There are no shortcuts. And then the other thing I would just say about the Liver King is by now, I think our Christopher Lockhead episode will be out. And so you should definitely listen to that episode. What the Liver great, King really did was create a category of one. Yes, I love this. A complete category of one. And then he became the category leader within that category space that he had created, which was around this ancestral lifestyle. Like there are paleo and other things like that, but no one did it to the extreme. Like, he- well, well, let me pitch you on something. The reason that the Liver King thing worked is actually the intersection of two things we've talked about. It's the category of one being the only person doing what you're doing and routinizing charisma, building a cult brand. It's the overlap of those. There's no like, you don't have like 10 of the same cult, right? Like you have one cult. Like if you want a lot of people to follow you, you have to be a category of one and you have to have a really compelling story that's delivered with a ton of charisma. And then people will lie to themselves and sacrifice things that they want for themselves in order to follow you. And that is what happened in the Liver King example. I think that's why there was such a big outrage against that is because people really felt misled and defrauded. And I think that's the hardest thing is when marketing causes you to lie to yourself, it is too often, unfortunately, not for a terrible reason and a reason that often ends up in a fraudulent way. Right. Which I think gets us to example three. Yeah, like it's marketing delivers them much more than the actual substance of the product. We'll be right back. But before, let me tell you about another podcast I love. Nudge, hosted by Phil Agnew, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Ever noticed how the smallest changes can have the biggest impact? On Nudge, you learn simple evidence-backed tips to help you kick bad habits, get a raise, grow a business. Every bite-sized 20-minute show comes packed with practical advice. Nudge is fast-paced, but it's still insightful with real-world examples that you can apply. Oh, and it's the UK's fastest-growing business podcast. If you want an MBA's worth of insight in one podcast, this is the right show for you. Entrepreneurs will love this show because it's filled with repeatable proven studies 
not hearsay and one-off success stories. You're going to love the show because I was interviewed by Phil. You can go check out my episode. And I recently listened to an awesome episode. It's called Six Scientifically Proven Persuasion Techniques. It's a must listen for anyone in marketing. Listen to Nudge wherever you get your podcasts. Totally. So three, we're not going to go overly deep in this because everyone knows about this, but there's a quick angle that Kip and I want to kind of talk through, which is FTX, yeah. right? Like I kind of made that joke where great podcast business is podcast in the box where you get the studio, the audio, the video, and then you get a free podcast interview with Sam Bankman free <laughs> because like he's everywhere except actually in the courts where he should be. But so FTX, this crypto exchange, everyone knows, we're not going to get into the story. Everyone knows it blew up. But the thing I wanted to talk about and you and I kind of talked about is not the FTX brand because the brand, I think, was much more around Sam. And so what did yes. Sam do? He actually, again, created somewhat of a category of one within the crypto space through this effective altruism, yes. which is, I don't really care about the money that I'm making. I just want to help the world. I want to do things that make the world a better place. And I want to spend my money on things that actually you know, help everyone around me. That was actually a novel story within the crypto space where everyone kind of like thought about these alpha traders. Everybody was buying Lambos and doing yeah, different things, right? Doing the to the moon. And he, so he really managed to differentiate himself. He also like positioned himself really well, right? He wore very low key clothes, yeah. looked very casual and everything he did, it tied into this kind of like, oh, I really am here trying to do good. And I think people wanted to believe in FTX for that reason. Now, the other thing is they marketed themselves incredibly aggressively, right? They were yes. they Super Bowl were super ads, Formula One, stadiums. And so I think there they had the founder himself managed to create a story that was much more differentiated than the market, something that people wanted to believe in. In a sea of things blowing up, here's a guy who's trying to do good. And actually, when the crypto space was going through a really tough time in 2022. He was loaning money to other companies to try to keep them solvent. Little mm -hmm. did he know the reason he was doing that is because they owned, I think, a bunch of his token and he like didn't want to get... He's trying to prop it all up, right? Right, trying to prop it all up. But And then he kind of lived that lifestyle, right? And the way that he politically, like all of the things kind of tied into that narrative. So he truly lived that narrative. Yeah, I think there's two examples of what happened with Sam and the, and the FTX thing that I think is really important for everybody to kind of like reflect on and think about. The first is, it is easier to lie to yourself over a person than a brand. Mm. Let's say that again. It's much easier to lie to yourself over a person than a brand. It's much harder for you to get swept away by a brand, a company, an organization, what that's doing. It's very possible. It's much easier to get swept away, lie to yourself by a singular person, right? You saw that example with the Liver King. You saw that with Sam Bankman-Free. You see that with a lot of crazy situations where we lie to ourselves and marketing causes us to lie to ourselves. The other thing is, Kieran, you and I are people who fundamentally love to go against the status quo. And a lot of the time, going against the status quo is a great bet. Other times, people are going against the status quo just to be different. And, and the status quo exists for a reason. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. billionaires behave how billionaires behave for a reason. And there's enough of them that we know that that's how it works. And so when somebody comes along and tries to behave differently, we should tell ourselves, hmm, are they really behaving differently? Or is there... Yeah, an ulterior motive, a lie being perpetrated here in a really different kind of way. Yeah. And I think that is fundamentally the challenge. And my biggest solve for that is like, 
do you believe in an organization of people, a group of people versus one singular leader? The one singular leader is much easier to sway you and cause you to lie to yourself. Right. And I think that's very true because the three examples we've used, even Fast Checkout, it was really a charismatic CEO that actually managed to sell that story. Liver King, an individual, FTX was really Sam. And even Sam got caught doing what he thought was a conversation, but was an interview with someone I think he knew at Vox or Verge or someone. Yeah, the Vox thing. It was so crazy. And then he actually specifically said, yeah, I do this thing because I wanted to paint the narrative of me you know, this is the way that I actually have to sell the company. This is the way that I, people want me to actually be. I don't actually believe this. I just need to virtue signal so people will believe me. Right. And like, again, we want to believe in these stories, even though the warning signs were there for FTX, right? It was always public knowledge that he owned Meta Research, which was always a strange thing to own a trade in exchange, but plus a trade in company. They had no CFO, right? Which is incredibly weird. They have like no board, no CFO. It's bananas, right? So let's use this as an example, Karen. As we kind of close out the show, if we want to make sure we are not lying to ourselves about something, how do we do that? And one of the things I'd posit to you is say, it's about self-awareness. And like, am I getting swept up in this thing? And if I am, can I take a minute to remove myself from that thing and say, what do I know to be true? Like just objectively true. And does it foot with what, is happening. And like in the FTX example, you would have said, wow, no, that doesn't kind of foot. Like there's got to be some weird stuff going on because there's no oversight. There's no, there's no way that this much capital should be this loosely handled, right? In the Liver King example, you'd say, I know that I've never seen anybody like this that's never used steroids. Does that mean this person is a one of one? And you would say, actually, That wouldn't be true because a lot of people using these supplements would be looking like this too and they're not. So why am I believing this thing? I think it is going back and asking yourself a couple of questions. And sometimes you'll ask yourself this question and you'll be like, oh no, it's actually true and I should absolutely believe in this thing. Other times you'll say, no, I'm just swept up. My emotion is taking over my decision-making and I need to kind of wind that back. Yes, exactly. Sometimes things are too good to be true. If something's too good to be true, it is. That is an old <laughs> saying for a reason. Because it works. It's because it's true. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason that it keeps needing to be present in our world is because it's very easy to lie to yourself. And it's very easy to believe things that you want to believe in this world. And I think we've walked everybody through. And my lesson for marketers out there is understand some of the underlying principles here so that you can have people believe in what you're doing, right? Like that's really important. But you want to do that for a product, for a business that is on really sound footing, that has product market fit, that really drives a ton of value for your customers. And the other thing is, if a company is putting their customers like up front and center, then you know that the liability of fraud is way lower, right? Because you're seeing that from other people. If companies are putting up celebrities instead of customers, oh, that's a signal that things might be bad. Mm. Not that celebrities aren't bad, but if all you're seeing is celebrities versus like, oh, This person is a celebrity spokesperson, but man, I can go and read thousand case studies on their website or whatever. Like that is a whole different beast, right? That's what I would say as we kind of close out today. Agreed. Sweet. This has been Marketing Against the Grain. This was a fun topic. We had to talk about some cool stories and some aspects of the human psyche that we don't always get to cover, which is really fun and why we love doing this show. And we will be back with you very soon on an all new episode. Until then, have a great week.